good to see you. That's a better clap than I've ever got at home. I just want you to know that. But uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. Hey, hey, before I get started, some of God's mentors, but mentors to me, Dr. Nathan Sanders, would you give him a hand? Fantastic. My bishop, Chris Ball, here this morning, a great mentor in my life. Of course, Pastor Mike Cavanaugh has been a father and a mentor. And, and last but not least, my dad, Pastor Marty. Give him one more hand. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm qualified to say this, too, about mentors. Mentors make you mad, amen? They make you mad, but they make you a master. So you, you have a choice either to get mad at them and say, I'm done with you. I, I don't want to hear from you anymore. I, I can't take this correction. I can't take this voice into my life anymore. Or, or we have a choice to embrace what the Holy Spirit is speaking through them and, and become a master. How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? And I've been around church all my life. I've saw every kind of pair of shoe there is to wear, every kind of suit, every kind of shirt. But I, what I've seen a lot of times is when young men and women go to be mentored, they say, I want to be great. I want to be used. I want to be a minister. I want to lead worship. I want to preach. I want to minister to people, but they don't want to be mentored. <laughs> if you're going to be great, you're going to be mentored. So this morning, I honor my mentors here this morning, and I feel like a hot dog in a steakhouse in here this morning. I don't know how I'm going to preach in front of these guys, but uh, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that my wife is here. I'm thankful that next month, we celebrate 15 years together married. <laughs> married. That's crazy. I grew, up a, I grew up a pastor's kid, and I felt last night to share this with you. I grew up a pastor's kid, and, and when my father started the church, uh, we started in, in the side lawn of his house. We live on a fifth-generation farm, which I, I get the opportunity to live on here in the next few months. I'm moving to the family farm, amen, where them chairs were, were set up. I don't even know if I told you that yet, Pastor Mike, but I'm, we're moving there with our boys, two boys, 10 and 12. But when the church started, I was in charge of something very important in that church. I, it was, it was a, a, a position that everybody wanted. My dad gave me the position right out the chute. He gave it to me, just handed it to me, and you know what it was? It was a toilet bowl cleaner, amen. He gave me a toilet bowl cleaner, and he gave me some toilet cleaner, and he said, get to work. And then we moved from the side lawn at my parents' house, and then we moved up to the YWC. And, and, and if I may, there was a young man playing the acoustic guitar this morning. I don't, I don't know where he is, but I, f I felt the Holy Spirit strongly say that there's, there's like a building plan, and, and it's, it's, it's been your life. And I, and I actually saw myself in you, and God's going to begin to use you. There's a sound that you had as you, you strummed that guitar. And I, I'm so familiar with that sound because it was the sound that I heard as a young man, 14, 15, 16, setting up those chairs in that old YWCA building, lifting my hands, lifting a song unto the Lord, not knowing what it meant at that time, but just serving in the Lord's house. 
went from, went from setting up the chairs, went to get from cleaning the, the toilet bowl, and, and went to the, the sound man didn't show up on week. And my dad said to me, he says, you got to get back there and figure out how to run that thing. And uh, grace to the sound guys, because they make it all happen. And, uh, and then a, a, a few years went by. Did you hear what I said? A few years went by. Not a few days, not a few months. Uh, uh, there was some antsy times in between running the sound. In my next position, the worship leader didn't show up to church uh, one Sunday. He got, he got mad because a mentor said something to him he didn't want to hear. I'm just going to bring it to you the, way, the only way I know how to this morning, and it's real. The worship leader got mad because he was being mentored, ran out the back door, and my dad said, can you get up there and can you sing Shout to the Lord? How many of you know that song? So I got up there, a squeaky voice. I was prepubescent, trying to make it, make it through, and my, my voice was all crackly, and, and some of you know what I'm talking about even now, okay? Yeah, yeah, what? And, and I got up there, and I began to sing songs, like the songs we know today. I'm going to see the victory. I'm going to see the victory. For the battle belongs to the Lord. My dad told me to sing, but I preached three times yesterday. I'm a little scratchy. Begin to sing. Begin to sing those songs. Begin to, begin to worship the Lord. And some 10 years went by, and, and my dad said to me, how would you like to preach on a, on a Thursday night? And I had been in the car business for, for many years, had, had really... Uh, gone above and beyond what I had ever expected. We began to buy real estate. We began to uh, build our own business, my wife and I. And, and God just has laid his hand on, on us in just a profound way. It, I, I wish I could stand here and say that I'm good enough. I wish I could give you a formula. This is what I did, and this is who I talked to, and this is how it went down. But there's one way that it happened. Let me just give you a little secret. It started with that toilet bowl cleaner. And, it, and if I can leave anything with you this morning, and I, I'm not going to be long, if I can leave anything with a young man or a young woman this morning, it's begin to serve the Lord in the small things. Begin to, begin to work for him in the small things. Begin to serve him in the small things. And watch what he begins to do in and through your life. You'll look back and you'll say, oh my Lord, how did this happen? How did this all come together? How did this materialize? It's like David when his father said to him, get, get the basket, get the cheese, get the bread, and go meet your brothers down. You know the scripture. Go meet your brothers down at the front line. He ends up walking down there because he was obedient to a father, to a mentor, to a spiritual oversight, to take that basket down and say, I'm going to serve my brother's business. I'm going to serve my father's business. Gets down to the front line, and all of a sudden, Goliath is down there, and he says, I come to you in, in, a, in a spear and a sword, but you come, and then I come to you in the name of the Lord, and God uses them in a miraculous way, all because... He served as mentor. All because he wasn't too big to grab a basket. Are you too big to grab a basket? I felt the Lord so clearly last night tell me to tell someone in this place, 
you're at the right place, at the right time, in the right moment. You've been asking the Lord, did, did, did I do the wrong thing? Did, did, did I go the wrong place? Am I, am I sitting where I'm supposed to be sitting? You're in the right place. You're at the right time. You're at the right moment. Will you be humble enough? Will you be genuine enough? Will you be quiet enough to just step into what God has for you? So I was, I was raised a PK. My, I have two, two brothers, one younger than me. He's seven years younger than me. And, and one brother that's older, older than me, three years older than me. And my, my, mother, was, my mother is five foot tall, but I'm going to tell you, when she, she cocks her shoulders back and, and says something, we all listen, yes, ma'am. And she was always worried about us as young men. She, she always was worried about one thing. All the time. She taught us many things. She, she mentored us in an amazing way. She, she helped us in so many ways. But there was one thing that she was always concerned with. She was always worried about. you, And she would make this statement, you've got to get along with your brothers. Say that over and over and over. How, how many of you have ever heard that? You gotta get along with your sister. You gotta get along with your brother. And, and I was like, Mom, you know, let us knock down drag out. Let us go at it. Let, let's see who the toughest is. Let, let us just go. But as I got just a couple days older, my sons are 10 and 12, I told you. Now, guess what I'm saying to them? You gotta get along with your brother. And now I kind of understand why. They, my mom always wanted us in agreement. She always wanted us to walk in unity. She always wanted us to be together. And this morning I want to talk to you for a few minutes that you're better together than you are apart. There's power in unity. What my mom was trying to tell me, what she was trying to preach to me, what she was trying to teach me is your brother's not, uh, he's not the one that you should be against. He's not, he's not your enemy, Ryan. He's, he's your partner. Amazing teaching. I mean, your parents say things that, that you look at them and, and you just roll your eyes. You, you just say, you, you got to be crazy. And then a few days go down the road and you kind of understand why. Isn't it, isn't it true even in the church today? that, that uh, we represent unity, we resent, represent who, who the gospel is, we, we walk in unity. Amen, brother and sister. On Sunday morning, but there are many times where we don't represent what we speak of. I'm qualified to talk about it because the Holy Spirit has been working this in me long before I shared it to you. He's been correcting me. He's been wooing my spirit to say, we have to walk in unity. Growing up in the church, you see people get mad over the craziest things. She said this to me. He didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't say my name. He didn't recognize me. He didn't say thank you to me. The craziest things people get upset and mad about. If the enemy can use one thing to, 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 to put us in a state of neutral, to put us in a state where we're ineffective, to put us in a state where we can't be used, he will create division. Oh, I know it's better than you're saying amen this morning. He'll put us in a state of division and he'll create offenses within any organization. 
Any church, you can, you can, listen, I've been in a lot of churches, and you can walk in and, and you can feel the tension in the room or not. The enemy's biggest tool is to divide us. Because if he can divide us, we can't do outreach. We can't bring souls to the kingdom. We can't minister to the lost. We can't help the hurting and the broken. Because the hurting and the broken look at us and go, dude, I don't want to be like him or her. To create division within brothers and sisters. Amen. Today I'd like to look at two prayers in the scripture. One that Paul prayed, and also a very similar one that Jesus prayed. And I think that if Paul prayed it, and Jesus prayed it, it's probably worth us praying. Amen. When... uh, we bought this uh, facility. 20 years have, have passed since the church started. We bought a facility, and, and uh, it was an old Catholic facility. And, and uh, I, I've been working at that facility. It's, it's a beautiful If you ever get an opportunity, Matt, Drake, he's been out. A few of you have been out. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. But we'd be out there working, Pastor Mike, and this older woman, she, I know she's in her 70s, she'd, she'd be driving by, and, and all of a sudden, I, I, thought, I thought she was telling me that I was number one every day when she drove by, if you know what I mean. But I found out she wasn't telling me I was number one. She was telling me the exact opposite. I'm not talking one day. I'm talking day in and day out, over and over and over again. She'd drive by and flick me off. We put this wonderful light up on the sign on the front end of the building, and, and it was a beautiful sign, beautiful. We kept the name in honor of the, of the church, put the light up on the front of the building. Somebody kept knocking that light down, smashing that light up. Can you imagine that? So being the kind of guy that I am, I got re- resourceful, and I put one of them deer cams up there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and we caught this woman smashing the light down. Now, now stay with me for a minute because I'm going somewhere with this story. Stay with me. She's smashing the light down. About a year goes by, and, and my brother and I ended up putting our, all of our kids, we put them, we put them all in a, in a private school in Batavia. I went walking in that school one day. My, my nephew, he's a, he's a star basketball player. If, if you live locally, you see him all over the news, all over the paper. He's star. Kid is, he's, he's crazy. Football, yeah, football star, the whole thing. He's got, he's got uh, people looking at him for co- all kinds of crazy stuff. We go walking into this basketball game, right? Are you still with me? And all of a sudden, I see this woman who's telling me I'm number one for weeks and weeks. And she looks at me, and you could tell the, the wheels of her brain were moving, and all of a sudden, I could see it in her face. She go, oh, that's that guy flicked off. And I just smiled at her. I just smiled at her. I just, hey, you know, my dad, just keep loving him. My dad always said, just keep loving him, Ryan. Just keep loving him. And I just smiled at her. Now, fast forward a year. I get this phone call, and, and the, the, the school that my kids are going to that this woman is involved in, and, and she's obviously mad that we have this new facility, we get this phone call from that school that says, hey, listen, we're doing a food drive. 
And we've been collecting food for a month. We, we've got all this food, Samantha. Call my wife. Uh, I never heard from these people. I, I didn't even know that they knew who we were. Calls my wife and says, we want to give you all the food from the food drive for your, for your clothing and, and food bank. Gives us all the food, all the clothes. Uh, this, this woman connected in it. The woman that flicked me off day in and day out. What am I saying? Be careful that you don't think the enemy is someone that it's not. That woman's not my enemy. We don't struggle against flesh and blood. You know the scripture better than I do. We don't struggle against flesh and blood. We struggle against... That's what my mother was trying to tell us. She was trying to tell us, your brother's not the enemy, Ryan. Your older brother's not the enemy. Your younger brother's not the enemy. The people you work with are not the enemy. The people that are, the, 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 the teacher in your classroom's not the enemy. The person that you avoid in the lunchroom's not your enemy. The person that you're serving under is not the enemy because we don't struggle against flesh and blood. And if you can get a hold of this, if you can get it in the palm of your hand, you'll save years on your life. You'll, sa you'll save years on your organization. You'll save years on your family and friendships. There are people in marriages that carry offenses around like it's a badge of honor. Oh, look at this. I'm mad at her. I'm mad at him. And all the while, it's destroying them. So if I can, if I can leave anything with you today, you're not struggling against a guy that you sat on the opposite side of the room from because you didn't want to look at him. I know it's happened in here. You don't have to amen me. It's okay. <laughs> I want to look at two, two quick prayers. I'm going to be done in exactly 15 minutes. Two simple, two simple prayers. Wonderful prayers. Romans 15.5 says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, I love this, continue in me, Lord. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ had. That's interesting. That, that's an interesting subject. Do we give people that? Do we give people the grace that God gave us, the grace that we called out to the Lord on late at night and said, God, if you get me out of this thing, I swear I'll never go back to it. You ever prayed a prayer like that? Keep your hand down. I love this. So that we may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know then the world will know, ministers. Then the world will know that you sent me and you have loved them as you have loved me. Paul prayed this prayer for unity. Jesus prayed this prayer for unity. Why? So that God would be glorified and the world would know that God sent Jesus to reach a lost in a hurting world. May we be unified together. I'm going to read you one more. It's in Romans. 
I'm skipping through my notes here, if you, if you couldn't tell. I'm all messed up. I get talking like my dad does. In John 17, 20. John 17, 20. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Listen to this. That all of them may be one. So that they might be brought to complete unity. Here it is again. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have loved you. I'm going to give you three things real quick. Three reasons why we need to pray for unity. Number one, are you with me? Because we desperately need each other. Just as our body has many parts and each part has a specific function, it is with Christ's body that we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Did you just catch that? We're many parts. I want to I leave you with a statement and, and, and I hope that it leaves a stamp on your heart that unity is not uniformity. I've been around a lot of people, business. I've been around a lot of business, a lot of business in, in the last 20 years, a lot of it. God has, God has laid his hand on me in a wonderful way. I have many people working for me, even today, not in the ministry of my private business. And, and here's what you find out. There are people that want everyone to walk like robots and be exactly the way they are. The problem with that is, is the world... Uh, where everyone is exactly the same, it's kind of an ugly world. Let me speak for me. If everybody was in the room and everybody was like me, it'd be kind of a, it'd be kind of a weird place, right? Unity is not uniformity. Stop trying to make everybody like you. Stop trying to get everybody to talk like you, walk like you, look like you. Pastor Chris, before I walked up here, he said, Ryan, whatever you do, just be you. And that's so profound, that's so powerful, because I think we live in a culture where we try to tell people, you need to do this, this way. I think, don't get me wrong, I said it when I started, we need mentors, we need direction, we need people pointing us in the right direction. But what we don't need is we don't need leaders telling people that they're leading, you need to do it exactly this way, it needs to look this way. Unity is not uniformity. Diversity is how we reach different people. I hear pastors say all the time, some preachers, they won't tell it to you like this. Well, that's, you know what that is? That's them telling you that everybody should say it the way they say it. That's not right. I want you to say it differently than I say it. I want to be different. I want you to bring something to the table that I can't bring to the table. We need to be different. Unity is not uniformity, number one, because we desperately need each other. Tell your neighbor, I need you. Somebody told me last week, we need to be on the same page. We need to be on the same page, Ryan. We got to get on the same page. 
We got to be on the same page. We got we got to get together on this thing. And we got to be on the same page. We got to be on the same page. And finally, I stopped them and I said this to them: If being on the same page means that I'm on your page, then I won't be on your page. I'll be on my page. I need to be on my page and your page all at the same time because unity is not uniformity. I'm going to leave it right there. You have me here. Because we desperately need one each other. Number one, number two, are you ready? Because the world will see God's love through us. Accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God, Romans 15, 7. Accept one another. That's an amazing thing. Accepting one another. Because, again, here we go with the diversity thing. Do we accept people like Christ has accepted us? You know that thing that you want nobody to know? You know that you're not the only one in here that has something that you don't want anybody to know about. But God knows. And you know how much he accepts you? You know how much he loves you? You know how much he embraces who you are? All those faults aside, he says, I still love you the same, even though you got some messy stuff off to the side. God's love. Do we love each other like that? Do we find the guy in the cafeteria? Do we go and search him out and say, hey, he sat by himself the last two times we were at lunch. There's no way that I'm going to let that happen again. I'm going to sit with him. That's God's love. When someone loses someone, when someone fails a test, when, if, when they get in an argument or a fight with a parent or a loved one, do we show God's love to that person? When somebody messes up royally, makes, makes a bad decision, listen, I've been around church long enough that leaders make bad choices. Do we love them or do we punt them right out the front door like yesterday's football game? God's love, they'll see God's love through us. They're going to see it through us, or they're not. That's a scary thing for me. If I walk around with, with a badge of honor, I'm Pastor Ryan McDonald, but I don't love people, and loving people costs you something. It costs you something. I, yesterday, we were, Sam and I, and if you knew my wife, my wife, I swear when she gets to heaven, it's going to be Saint Samantha. We, we pull in the top parking lot, and this individual's car was parked right next to us. She was driving. I was just cruising in the passenger seat. She pulled in, and this person's car is sitting there, and I said, oh, this will be interesting. If they come out, this will be real interesting. We're sitting in the car. Two boys take a movie inside, and this individual comes walking out. And the first thing my wife does, this person hurt us, meant to hurt us, meant to do wrong to us, meant to cause harm to us. You ever had somebody mean to hurt you? My wife rolls down the window, rolls the window down, and says, hi, so-and-so. It's good to see you. You know all they could do? I, I thought his chin was going to hit the pavement. His head went down so far, and he ran into that car, and I prayed for him after he left. I said, thank God I don't have to live that life. The world will see God's love. In us. Are you with me? Number one, because we desperately need one another. Number two, because the world will see God's love through us. And number three, my last point is this. 
Because we can do infinitely more together. We are infinitely better together. I, I want to make it real to you because I know that you're all Bible students and, and I know that you know your Bibles and I, I know you know uh, church history. I, I know you, you're working on it and you got it. But I, I want to give you some... I want to give you some business reference on infinitely better together. How many of you have ever heard of Apple? You ever heard of Apple? How about Netflix? You ever heard of Netflix? Yeah, yeah, bunch of you. Tons of How many of you have ever heard of Facebook? Facebook. Yeah, Facebook in the room. How many of you have ever heard of Microsoft, Google, Intel, eBay, Yahoo, Nike? I said this one in church, and you should have seen people's face. Anheuser-Busch, McDonald's, Instagram, Disney, my personal favorite, Ben and & Jerry's. In Walmart, just to pick a few, do you know that every company that I just named, every single company that I just named, they were all partnerships. Every anybody who ever tells you partnerships don't work, they're crazy. They don't know business. Here's what we need to realize. God's principles work in the world. These guys that write the master to leadership, master to doing business. I've read a ton of them. I've read Carlton Sheets. I've read John Maxwell. How many of you have heard of John Maxwell? I've read all kinds of business leader books and leadership. You know, you know what they all sound like? The Old and the New Testament. Amen. They, they, they take the, the biblical principles and they just write them in their own words. Am I saying it right? We are infinitely better together. So I'm a big one on, on making things, not only talking about things, but actually putting them to practice. So I'm not, I'm not going to make anybody uncomfortable, but here's, here's what I am going to ask you to do. Can, can I ask you? Can I ask you? I want you to find someone this week. Oh, you already know where I'm going. You should see your faces. You're like, what? I want you to find someone this week that you've had a little bit of a grudge with. You've had a little bit of an offense with them. You've had a little bit of a sideways thing with them. You've had a little bit of, if they sit on that side, I'm sitting on this side. If they text me, I swear, I'm going to block them. I'll just block them. In fact, I'm going to defriend them on Facebook right now. I want you to find that person. Here's why I want you to find that person. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Here's why. Psalm 133 says something very important. How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And as you continue reading that, it says there he bestows a blessing. Some of you are asking God for a blessing. You, you, you've been asking God, I need you to intervene in this thing. I need you to, you don't have to look at me, just, just look blank and look the other way. You've been asking God to intervene. 
Here's why he won't. Because you don't have unity. You don't have God's blessing because you don't have his unity. You know the incredible thing? You don't need the other person to forgive. You don't need them to get on the same page. You don't need any of that. You need to do it for you. How many of you want God's blessing? Just lift your hand. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Father, we ask you for that blessing that you promise. We just say that we're sorry for the thing that we've made it. We're sorry that we've, we've tried to play Christian and we've tried to play leader and we've tried, to, we've tried to play all these parts, but what we haven't played is your love and kindness and grace to us. We haven't given that to, to these people who need it so desperately. We haven't given it to them. And Father, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would create unity and oneness in the body of Christ. I thank you for this group of wonderful students, wonderful leaders, teachers, apostles, pastors, evangelists. Thank you so much for them. Father, I ask that your blessing would, it would be ridiculous. It, it, it would be life changing, like you've done in my life. Father, I pray for that in this place. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.